Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and we are here today with a really exciting guest in Jared Spuak. So Jared is the founder and lead strategist of Blue Dog Media. Uh, he's got a really interesting perspective, uh, not one we've seen on the podcast for sure, on a lot of the more technical elements of stuff like SEO and search engine marketing. So thanks for being on the show, Jared. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So we usually like to start off on kind of a story. And uh, from the research, you have a pretty interesting way of how you ended up getting into marketing for law firms. So would you mind telling us how you got into that? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll start with the very beginning fairly quickly, and then I'll uh, slow it down as I get closer to the actual legal marketing. But I got interested in marketing. I've, I've always been interested in business from a very young age. And when I was, I was 14, I was actually going to graduate high school early. So I started learning online marketing, just kind of uh, just general for basically anybody and everyone. So that kind of progressed. And then I graduated high school a year and a half early, went to college, thought I was going to end up in corporate marketing. I did get a corporate job doing real estate marketing for a year and change about. And while that was going on, I started freelancing with learning how to do primarily SEO. I was literally working for $5 an hour just for anybody who was willing to pay me, mostly for small businesses who just simply couldn't afford to pay somebody to do the work for them. So I was working for very cheap. And over the course of a couple months of doing that, eventually I got uh, reached out to from an agency and they were a law firm marketing agency. And they said, hey, you know, we're looking to bring on a new SEO and you seem like you could be a good fit. So I interviewed them. They offered me the job. Two weeks later, I was out of the corporate world. Finally, I was not happy whatsoever in that position. And I I moved in as a SEO, mostly starting on on page, which is just optimizing what's on the website. After I'd say maybe four or five months of being with that company, I was moved up to the lead strategist of of that agency. So I was responsible for making sure that for the SEO department that everyone was getting the results that they needed. If there was an issue, I was called in to say, "Hey, what's going on? Why isn't this working?" Or you know, what changes do we need to make? What challenges should we expect with this individual firm? Sometimes I was on sales calls and just all this various stuff. So I got a lot of really great experience in a lot of different departments for law firm marketing. And over the course of working with them, I gained a lot of experience with law firms. I started taking on my own legal clients. I started working with other agencies on an outsourced basis for some of their clients, including some of their legal clients. And eventually I just had enough of a client base on my own that towards the end of 2017, around mid-2017, I cut my hours down from like full-time to part-time and then eventually to no time. And then as of uh, early 2018, I started my own formerly agency and uh, I guess the rest is just history. And as lawyers come to me, it's just a very easy uh, conversation just because I know how to talk with them very well and have so many case studies and success stories uh, within their niche that it's uh, that as long as they are happy with the conversation, it's almost definitive that we'll work together because most of the people that we're talking to just aren't as familiar with their business. Okay, awesome. So really good introduction with that, Jared. So as far as, you know, there's a lot of different nuances as when it comes to working with attorneys. But one of the things I think we're uh, talking about a little bit in the pre-chat is some of the things that are different that attorneys might 
full, uh, you know, glaze over or not realize is going wrong with their firm. So it's like, as far as kind of the, the current things, what are sort of the commonalities and stuff that you see people wrong with their marketing presence? Okay, awesome. So when it comes to what I see a lot of law firms are doing it, yes, while law firms do have a unique angle, I would honestly say that when it comes to service businesses, a lot of them are making this, the same mistakes regardless of their industry. And I've seen this just through looking at countless amount of sites. Uh, so one of the big things that's uh, very important for, especially law firms, because things are expensive. Marketing is stupidly expensive. There are some industries where if you just take something like, for example, like Google ads, where you can pay $2 per click uh, for some personal injury lawyers, San Antonio car accident lawyer, that's like a $700 cost per click keyword. The, the stakes are much higher. There's a much higher risk, especially if you're a smaller firm and you need to know exactly where to place your money. So the number one thing that everyone should definitively have, regardless of what marketing channel they're doing, regardless of the success of that channel, is conversion tracking. I would say 90% of the time, I do not see conversion tracking set up. And what this means is that you have no idea whether what you're doing is actually working or not. You have no idea what aspects of what you're doing is working or not. You don't know the trends of what are good months, what are bad months, uh, what, is, what is the ROI or the ROAS, which is return on investment versus return on ad spend of those particular campaigns. So I would say the number one thing, if you could only do one thing after listening to this podcast Go set up conversion tracking through form fills, phone calls. Those are the two most prevalent things you're probably doing. You might have live chats and that other stuff. But for form fills, if you're whatever marketing channel, if, if you're doing marketing channels that aren't specific to a platform, so you're doing like SEO or just general generating traffic, Google Analytics, how to set up form tracking. If you're doing things like Google Ads, Google things like Google Ads, how to set up form tracking, Facebook Ads, how to set up form tracking, et cetera. The next one is phone calls. Look into things like CallRail, CallFire, call tracking metrics, et cetera. I personally use CallRail, big fan of them. And for like $45 a month, you can track every marketing campaign you're running, exactly how many phone calls, exactly how many, uh, how long those phone calls last. You can even have your intake person or you yourself, if you are the intake person, go in and indicate, was this a qualified lead? How much is this lead worth? And you can actually track exactly what's happening. And that's, like I said, the number one mistake is just not tracking how things are working because then you don't know if they're working or not or how well they are working. Gotcha. So as far as tracking goes, I kind of see that there's two different worlds as far as different online marketing channels. And, and you have this stuff that ends up being pretty trackable to initial things. So in the world of pay-per-click, how many clicks did it take to make that phone ring? What's the cost of those clicks? But how do you start to undo sort of things like, okay, well, maybe we got 40 calls on a $2,000 Google ad budget last month, but hey, we've got this SEO program that's been running for three years and we've been paying two grand a month for ad and then we ended up getting 100 calls this month, but that just started. So how do you kind of piece out the investment for, I guess, a little bit less direct response metrics as far as costs? So if you're trying to calculate beforehand, like if, if you've already been running this channel for months or years and you want to see what progress you made, it's going to be really difficult to attribute that because the time has passed. You're not going to have that record. You sure you can guesstimate, but at the end of the day, you're just guessing. Now, if you were to start tracking today, uh, what you're able to do is through something like, for example, like CallRail, which most of your leads are probably coming in through phone calls, you're, you'll be able to a specific tracking number on your website. You'll be able to use something called DNI or dynamic number insertion. And what that will tell you is when somebody comes to your website, your phone number will change and your phone number will change to a tracking number. And what happens is someone calls that on the back end of CallRail, you'll be able to see that lead or that phone call being attributed to a specific marketing channel, organic, paid, et cetera. 
And then from there, you'll be able to see, okay, exactly how many phone calls am I getting? What is the trend over a certain period of time? What does compare to last quarter, last month, last year, et cetera. And then from there, you can do things like attribute them to this is qualified, this is not qualified and move it through there. So what that allows you to do is you can attribute, okay, I spent $2,000 on SEO over the past six months, assuming that you set up tracking six months ago. How many phone calls was I getting then? How many phone calls am I getting now? The graphs look just like if you were to go into something like Google Analytics and look at how much traffic you're getting, you'll be able to see graphs very similar to that. And you'll be able to, like I said, attribute that to, okay, these came in from SEO. Let me look at my case management system, or maybe you're doing it right in that dashboard. How many of these actually turned into clients? Okay, of those clients, what were those clients actually worth? And then if you have all that tracking set up, you can attribute, okay, $2,000 we spent this month, depending on what type of firm you are, depends on when your money is actually coming in from your cases, but they might be able to go, okay, that's worth an estimated $50,000 in revenue. Okay, gotcha. So you might have to, to have the situation where you're, you're kind of seeing a, a different cost per case, uh, depending on, you know, let's say if that it takes 12 months for this thing to set, show up for SEO, then you might see the total cost per lead going down over month over month as these things kind of start to hockey stick, right? Right. Because if you're something like a personal injury lawyer, you could get a case today and you, you might not even know how much that case is worth for, for months. That case may not settle for a very long time or it might go to a trial and then you might be looking at one to two years compared to a criminal lawyer where you're charging hourly. Right. Now, it's kind of going into that a little bit more and, and trying to, to get this multi-channel thing kind of, kind of pieced out. So there's always these, it seems like there's a lot of trends that come and go in marketing. I remember, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, SEO was, you couldn't, couldn't walk through a room without having people begging to work with you if, if, if you had anything related to <laughs> SEO in your profile. But it kind of seems like that may have gone down a little bit in popularity. Uh, AdWords seems to have had its moment. It kind of feels like a lot of the social advertising seems to be kind of the thing these days. Where do you, from your perspective, Jared, like where are the real opportunities for, and I would say for the most part, we're, we're dealing with um, you know, client-facing law firms, all those Main Street type guys. Where do you think the real opportunity is in 2020? Sure. So when it comes to channels, you're, you're completely right in that they, just like anything, there comes a time where it's new. Nobody's really doing it. They're the early adopters. They're going to be the ones that get the highest ROI, at least in the short term. Then what's going to happen is it's going to become fairly common for people to seek this out. You're going to be able to walk into a room and say, hey, I do SEO and everyone's going to flock to you. Then as years happen, you walk into a room and you say, hey, I do SEO and great, you know, go join the other three dozen people that also told us the same exact thing. And then what happens is over time, the marketing channel becomes more mature, becomes more saturated. So it gets more expensive. It takes longer. And we've seen this through Google Ads. If, if you're a firm that's been around for a while, especially during the early days of Google Ads in the early 2000s, cost per clicks were incredibly cheap compared to what they are today. Same thing's happening with anyone that's been doing Facebook ads over the past couple of years. We've seen on Facebook the organic uh, visibility decline massively, and it's basically a pay-to-win system. And so ads are becoming more prevalent. Ads have also become more expensive over time. Same thing's happening with Instagram, so on and so forth. So when it comes to what marketing channels are going to work best, I personally prefer having most of my money spent on mature channels, which is the areas that I focus on. The reason being is that it's not going to change every single day. Yes, there are plenty of things you can do, and I'm totally encouraging you to play around with other channels. However, the ones that are mature and the ones that are established, the reason why they're still around is because they work. And yes, they may be more expensive now because a lot of people are doing it, but if you can afford to generate, use those channels, you know that you're not going to wake up tomorrow and the game hasn't changed completely. Or something that's a lot newer, 
uh, such as uh, Facebook ads, which is starting to mature, but hasn't been around for a long time. I constantly see people on my Facebook that are other marketers or uh, work in-house for companies say, hey, our, our ads, we were getting great results and then we just woke up this morning and now we're getting nothing because the Google ad algorithm changed and the entire thing's different or the interface has changed or they took certain targetings, a bunch of targetings in or a bunch of targetings out and they're just constantly making changes because they still need to uh, refine their product a lot and they're gonna make a lot of changes compared to over time once they've been there for five, 10, 15 years, they're not gonna meet, need to make as many big changes. So when it comes to at a very high overview uh, opportunity, I, I would focus on I would focus most of your money on a mature channel that you know is going to work, that there are plenty of resources out there where you're not gonna have to you know, spend months learning how to use a new channel. But also I would take 20% of my time, 20% of my money and look at those newer channels. So for example, what's hot right now is social media marketing. However, it's very difficult to get right. I would not recommend hiring a social media marketing company. I, I'm a big advocate for doing that sort of stuff in-house, maybe hire a consultant to get you on the right path, but I would be producing all your content in-house. I would be promoting our content in-house, so on and so forth. It's gonna be much more organic. It's gonna be much more aligned to who you are and who your brand is. But that's, that's things like uh, being on Instagram, right? posting photos and videos on there, being on Facebook, being on Twitter, being on even channels like TikTok, which is insane to think about when you look at a channel like that, but then there are people who are, who are lawyers that have hundreds of thousands or possibly even millions of followers on those channels. And when you, those sorts of channels are gonna require a lot more testing, they're gonna require a lot more tweaking, it's gonna require a lot more commitment of you actually sticking to that. But if you're in there early enough, you'll see much better results than if you were to get into it when it's already mature and saturated. Like Facebook, if you were to start a Facebook page right now, you're gonna get nothing. If you were to start that Facebook page, Back in when Facebook came out, like 2008, 2009, if you were to start around then, whenever pages first came out, it was really easy to attract a ton of people to those pages. And now those pages get no organic visibility whatsoever. I would focus 80% of my time and money on a mature channel that I know is going to work, that I know I just need to put my time and effort into it. And there's plenty of guides out there if I want to do it myself. There's plenty of people out there that specialize, that have tons of experience, years of experience in this, that I'm going to be very safe with my investment. I'm going to be very confident in it. And I'm going to take 20% of my time and put that more into more uh, high risk, maybe also higher effort. Uh, channels and right right now that would be mainly social media marketing in my opinion a lot of branding a lot of law firms still aren't really investing in their branding a uh, bit of a long-winded answer but hopefully that made sense the longer the better i think i'm really appreciating the detail right now here <laughs> but yeah it, it's kind of interesting it seems like a lot of this this advice and this is something we've uh, we've talked about on, on on the podcast a little bit before is that you know really uh, there's a lot of analogs between investing in one's marketing and investing in in you know the market right so a lot of good financial advisors will say you know just uh, take 80% and then have it with your blue chips and then you can go nuts with the remaining 20% exactly. I'll throw another wrench in, in uh, I'll throw another wrench in the works though just to say also um, a lot of these things is at least from what I'm saying in the marketing side as well is that you know, no one's really jumping up and being, oh gosh, I really wish I could, you know, be the best old school Google AdWords guy. It's like, you know, there's, there actually ends up being more of an opportunity in some of these challenges. It's kind of like fashion, you know, things come and go. So if you haven't taken a look at one of these blue chip channels, maybe it's a, it's a good time to take a look at that. So another question, just kind of as far as, so, you know, but on, on the same side, you know, we kind of have this, this whole um, safe versus potentially speculative high return channel. When we're talking about somebody who's brand new starting out, you know, sometimes they're cash constrained. What do you think really would be kind of the minimum? Uh, and first of all, would you recommend one of those more proven channels out for somebody who might be resource constrained? 
And if so, what would you think is this, you know, the minimum amount of, of budget that somebody would need to make a dent? And, you know, this could be by practice area, obviously things are going to differ, but I guess generally, you know, solo practice for, for some sort of a civil practice. Sure. So I'll, I'll give a pretty big caveat here in that one of the, depending on the marketing channel, especially for something, let's say like Google ads, the biggest differentiator is just going to be the area that you're in. If you're in a major metropolitan, your cost per click may be 10 times higher than someone that's in a smaller area. So it might be more viable in certain areas than others. But let me give you uh, a story, if you will, about somebody that actually came to me. They're a criminal defense lawyer, solo practice. I believe they're still a solo practice. They may have hired an intake person. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but basically they came to me. They're based in Arkansas, they're running Google ads. They had a $2,000 a month budget for uh, running the ads or roughly around there, if I remember correctly. They were running the ads themselves. So the running the ads using something called smart campaigns, which is basically a very restrained version of, you can't set a whole lot up. It's very easy and quick to set up, but there's also a lot of the bells and whistles missing that really make Google ads shine. So they were running their own campaign, limited budget, small firm. This is the type of situation where if they don't see results fairly quickly, they're going to run out of money because they're a new firm. So, so, and I believe working together, he'd only gotten his, uh, he'd only gotten, uh, uh, he completed the bar like three or four months prior to working here. So very, very new. So what I have open here, just because I have the numbers right in front of me, is compared to when they're running their smart campaign compared to after we took it over, they saw a massive increase in conversion rate and conversions and a decrease in cost per conversion. Now, what that did was they were willing to fund that money. And very quickly, I would say within like a month or two, we were able to see enough results from that that it paid for itself very quickly. So even a mature channel like Google Ads that is fairly expensive, I think the cost per click is still uh, $20, $30 in the criminal space for the types of cases that he's going after in the areas that he's targeting. So it's still not a super click, uh, cheap cost per click. But because Google Ads is a mature platform, because of how the targeting works, which is that we are showing our ads to people who are saying, I need an attorney for this, I'm facing this type of charge, and we're saying, hey, we handle these sorts of cases, you know, here's an attorney that you can work with, it's very easy to, in this case, generate that results. Now, for a different client that is also a new firm, or it's a different firm that they have, it's a second firm that they started in a different, focusing on different practice areas, they're in a very competitive market, being that of Las Vegas. And they were seeing, it's been a massive struggle where they're really not getting much right now from their advertising. So mature channels can work, even if you're brand new, there are going to be some factors such as how much is it going to cost? How much are you willing to spend? You know, if you have $500 that you're willing to put towards marketing, Google ads probably isn't uh, right for you. But if you're willing to put up enough and how much enough is going to depend on where you're based out of, if you're willing to put up enough where you're actually able to give it a go, it can return money to you very quickly. Now, Google ads may have only a two or three X return for you, depending on what you're doing, depending on a whole lot of factors. So it's not going to be as sexy as a, you know, a 10, 20, 30 X return that you might get on a newer, less credit market, but it is very reliable. Now for firms that may not have a whole lot of money to, to invest in marketing whatsoever, or are scared of things like Google ads, I would personally focus on the social side of things because it's not going to cost you anything. I would stay away from as in that regard. Like, yes, social is going to take up a lot of your time. Yes, you're going to have to play around with it. I would study quite a bit to learn each channel and what goes into it. Someone that I know can be a bit controversial in some figures, but if you don't know who he is, Gary Vaynerchuk actually has some, in my opinion, the best content out there on how to actually run your 
uh, social media. He has plenty of really great books as well. If you don't want to go through hours and hours of uh, uh, YouTube content, you can go buy his books as well. And something like that, you can just being there, just being in front of people, it's not going to cost you anything. It might take you a lot longer to figure it out, but you're going to be able to gain some traction, especially on some of the social channels, such as things like Instagram, which is starting to mature, but even things like TikTok, where people are getting on there in their first videos or getting hundreds of thousands or millions of views. And that can generate things, right? Your logo's on there. Maybe your name's on there. Someone's going to, the impression can be very powerful. So I would, that's one of the areas I was focused on. Next is just, uh, be in the trenches. If you are a family attorney, let's say, let's say you handle divorce cases, what you need to attract new work. Okay. What I would probably do, create a course. It's going to cost $500 and it's going to be a do your own divorce case. Okay. So that's going to be $500. You're going to be making money from people who can't, that maybe can't afford a divorce lawyer or who maybe think that they want to do it on your own, on their own. Nobody is targeting this market because they, they, the other firms, they want to make money, but guess what? That course that you do, what you set up online, what happens is you're going to teach them how to do your own, their own divorce. You're going to, of course, be like, hey, not officially your lawyer. Don't take this as legal advice. This is all on you. You're going to offer them like, hey, this is too much. This is too much time. This is way more complicated than you thought it would be. Hire me and I'll give you $500 off your divorce. So it didn't cost them anything to actually go through this do-it-yourself process first. So you're able to get in front of a market that nobody's targeting. How you're going to reach those people could be in a variety of ways. It could just be on social promoting this. Maybe you're running ads, focusing on people that are looking for cheap lawyers or DIY divorces or free divorces. Again, those are going to be very cheap cost per clicks because everybody that's running ads has this set up as negative keywords, assuming they're running their ads correctly. So it's going to be very cheap to actually go after those people. So that's one way. Another way is if you're a personal injury attorney, go to the local high school, connect with them. There are 16, 17, 18 year olds that are just starting to drive now that are probably not going to drive with the utmost amount of responsibility possible. So go there. Maybe you connect with the local fire and police department. This actually happened at my high school without an attorney there, but take a car that's about to be demolished, you know, purchase that off of a junk lot, bring the fire department and the police department do have the theater kids do a mock car accident. And then you give a keynote 30 minute talk about the dangers of car accidents. And then you also mention your brand. What's going to happen is any of those kids get into a car accident. There's only going to be one lawyer that they know the name of because how many high schoolers know the name of attorneys. So those are a couple ideas right now. And depending on what type of firm you are, there are plenty of, uh, plenty of other ideas, but connect with people and try to create partnerships, get on social media, and and also try to target markets that, Nobody else is going after how many personal injury firms are targeting 16 to 18 year, 18 year olds? No one. Yeah. So a lot of this kind of, especially, you know, it seems like the social stuff is just the, the creativity really seems to be sort of the grist that, that makes 100%. that machine move. So switching gears a little bit, it's easy to kind of focus on the cost of these things, but you know, do you have any, any opinions on, on what the best way to do to kind of, you know, there's obviously the numerator and the denominator of that equation, but how can people really maximize the amount of money that they're making from investing in a channel like this? Sure. So regardless of what marketing channel you're running, you should be tracking, as talked about at the very beginning, ideally tracking end to end. So what is it costing you on the front end? What are you getting on the back end? Now, when I talk to anybody about what they're doing with their marketing and I say, hey, what are your goals or what have you tried? What's working? What's not working? I always hear, we want our cost per click to be lower. We want to increase our conversion rate. We, you know, or sometimes it's a client coming to me who isn't happy for some reason. Hey, sometimes I've gotten on calls. I'm like, 
oh man, we see a massive increase in phone calls. I'm super excited to just slam my desk, but I'm super excited to uh, get on the phone with them and congratulate them because this must have been so amazing for them for seeing such a huge increase in calls. And it's like, we didn't get like any more cases from this. And they're actually super disappointed. And the reason being is that there are four categories, if you will, that I think people need to pay attention to. And they only pay attention to the first two when it comes to the end-to-end process of where your marketing starts and where your mark and the end goal of your marketing, which is cash in the bank. And the first one is, and I'll go into detail what all these means in a second, but the first one is traffic slash impression. The second one is then conversion. The third one is intake slash sales. And the last one is LTV or lifetime value. So what most people do is they focus on the first two, which is traffic and conversion. They want to increase the amount of clicks they're getting. They want to decrease the amount of cost per click. They want to, uh, they want to generate more traffic from SEO. They want to rank higher on Google. Then they focus on conversion as well. How can I, uh, you know, I, we want to convert better. So we're going to change our headline. We're going to change the text of our uh, button. We're going to do, we're going to create a new variation of our landing page to see if we can increase our conversion. And that can generate some pretty nice results. But what most people don't focus on is how, what can I do to increase my intake slash my sales price? Because at the end of the day, you know, sure we call it intake, but it's still sales. You still have to convince that person that you're the right firm to, that they should hire. You, you still have to convince that person that you are capable of handling that case that you can get there. They still might contact. You might be the first firm they're contacting. They may still contact two or three more. You might be the third firm that they're contacting. So it's not always going to be a hundred percent that the people that you're talking to are going to turn into cases. And then finally is the lifetime value, which is how much is that case worth? And a lot of people don't even uh, focus on calculating this. It's just, okay, you know, if they pay me this, this is what they pay me. This is all that that case is worth. You can actually increase the worth of that case quite a bit. I do have some numbers written down as an example, but before I dive into that, did, did all that make sense? Yeah, no, that, that all makes sense so okay. far. So let's talk about something like Google ads and what a typical firm might see from that versus a firm that uh, takes advantage of some of the other elements that you can optimize. So let's say you have a $30 cost per click and you spend $3,000. That means you'll get 100 visitors or your traffic is 100. Now let's say your landing page or website, wherever you're sending them to, you have a 10% conversion rate, which if you ask most people how well landing pages convert, you'll get about 10% is what most people will say. It can be 10 to 20% is what you'll typically see depending on a whole lot of factors. Let's say it's 10%. That means you'll get 10 leads. Then those leads obviously go to your intake slash sales. Now you need to convince those people that you should be the one handling their case. Now you might uh, be able to generate based on maybe some people fill out forms and they never actually get in contact with you. People that call you, they just weren't qualified or they had already made an agreement with another attorney and you can't take them on, or maybe it's an injury case and they already passed and they didn't get a medical exam within a certain time frame and they, and they can no longer uh, pursue their case or whatever it may be. So you end up getting uh, 30% of those. So three cases, each case, let's say is worth on average to you $5,000. So that means you spent $3,000, you made $15,000, you got a three X ROI for most people that are running Google ads. They'd be pretty happy with that. A three X ROI spending, for every dollar they spent making $3 back. Most people would continue their campaign indefinitely if they're getting those sorts of results. Now, maybe some smaller firms who maybe not have the cash flow and maybe not be the best opportunity for them. But for the most part, most people would be happy with that. Now, a different example is trying to improve some of the other areas of what you're doing. So let's say same scenario, $30 cost per click, $3,000 budget. So you're spending the same amount as a competitor, same exact cost per click. So you're getting the same amount of traffic, 100 100 visitors. 
Now let's say your conversion rate goes from a step 10% to 20%. This is very achievable for most people in most types of firms. Again, a lot of factors apply. But to get this, you may have done things like improved your headline and changed, changed what your offer is. Maybe instead of saying, hey, calls for a free consultation like everyone else does, maybe it's, hey, uh, download this checklist and this will tell you, you know, everything you need to do after, after your uh, injury. Or maybe it's take this quiz and we'll estimate what your case may be worth. And maybe it gives a massive range. Hey, you know, you got this type of uh, case this long ago. We've settled cases between 50,000 and 5 million for this type of case. Obviously, prior results did not indicate future results. You know, please contact us for your specific case evaluation, whatever it may be. Something that's a little bit more interactive that people are a little bit more interested in partaking in. And there's a lot of things you can do to increase your conversions even further. It's not just about headlines and colors and buttons. While those are important, things like offers. What are you actually offering them? Like I gave earlier in that example, where maybe a family lawyer is offering an alternative or, hey, if you don't want to pay for your divorce, here's our DIY divorce course, which you can get people to pay for their divorce for you later on on the back end. What are you actually offering this person? And that's going to be the biggest uh, differentiator in the conversion. But let's say you're not doing anything crazy like that. You just made some changes, better, better focus what you're offering someone, easier conversion rate of 20%. Now, instead of getting 10 conversions, you're getting 20 Pretty, pretty good increase. And already just from that one change, which is a lot of where people do focus their time on, you'd already double the ROI on the back end compared to the other person. However, let's take it a step further. Let's say on the intake side of things, let's say you go from a 30% to a 35%. Now this could be, now that's a very small change, but that could be you actually recording your phone call, sitting down with your intake person going, okay, here's, here's everything that we're doing right. Here's everything that we're doing wrong. Here's how we can write a script that's going to that we're going to be able to follow so we can be very uh, systematic with how we're approaching our intake and be very reliable and see a consistent amount of results. Here's uh, maybe if you go above and beyond, you know, you're sending your intake person to a live seminar halfway across the country. Maybe that is a $7,000 investment, but if it massively improves your intake process, that could be very worth it. So anything you're doing to improve your intake, that could also be your follow-up. If people are calling, they're saying, I'll think about it, or they're not closing right on the, you know, you're not turning them into a case right on the phone you need to have a follow-up process. And if you're just like, oh, you know, maybe they'll contact me if they don't, oh, well, that's, that's not okay. You're going to lose a lot of opportunities that way. So making sure, you know, following up and that sort of thing. So the 30 to 35% increase, that's fairly minor. That could just be you create a consistent script and you uh, created a two-part email follow-up series and you know, something very basic that's very achievable for most firms. Wouldn't take a whole lot of time to do, maybe a weekend. So you see that increase from 30 to 35%. So Without that increase, with that conversion rate increase, you would have gotten six cases, but in this case, you got seven cases. So an extra case compared to what you would have gotten if you didn't improve that. And the case can be worth a lot of money. So now we're moving on to the last one, which is lifetime value. So there's a lot of different ways you can increase lifetime value or how much that person is worth. Maybe through branding and other efforts, you're able to charge more. You're able to charge from 300 an hour to 350 an hour. If you work on more contingency fees, it might be in more abstract ways. It could be that you improve your referral process. So for every, instead of for every 10 people that hire your firm, you get one referral. Maybe it's now every seven people that hire your firm, you get one referral because you're much better at getting referrals or uh, whatever it may be, right? So let's say Susan goes through her divorce with you. It's been three months. Then you call Susan. You're like, hey, you know, you went through your divorce. Now you're a single mother. Is everything okay? You know, is there anything we can help you with? Ah, oh, yeah. I've had a really hard time with my child finding a good daycare for them because my work schedule changed and everything like that. 
no problem, we'll find a perfect daycare for you and send them there. You know, how much more likely is that person going to be to refer you as a divorce attorney if you just help them with something that maybe took five minutes of your time? So things like that. Small things can make a massive impact in terms of if they're going to give you a referral or if they're going to pay you more or if you're able to retain that client for longer, again, depending on what kind of firm you are. So let's say your average case value or what average person is worth goes from $5,000 to $6,500. Now for this, when it does get more abstract, it's a lot harder. You do have to attribute, okay, if this person referred you from that person, then you have to uh, basically make a note somewhere so you know that, okay, this person referred us these two cases, these three cases, whatever. So it does get a little bit more complicated. But anyways, so before you were getting 100 clicks, 10 conversions, three cases, each case worth $5,000. Now you're getting 100 clicks, one conversions, seven cases, each case is worth $6,500. So you went from a making $15,000 in revenue to making $45,500 in revenue, which is a 15x ROI from just improving a couple aspects, two of them being the lifetime value in the intake process that pretty much no one or very rarely do people actually work on improving. Now, if you have a 15x ROI on that same marketing channel, very likely continue it. Not only that, you're way more likely and you have the ability to be a much more dominant force in it, where maybe instead of paying a $30 cost per click, maybe you're willing to pay a $45 cost per click, where most people would maybe be breaking even or losing money on that. You're generating a higher case volume. And yeah, maybe your ROI drops to a 12X, where you're generating higher overall case volume, which means you'll make more revenue, just the percentage of return will be lower. And no one will be able to compete with you because you're doing things that they're not doing, they're not willing to do, your cases are just worth so much more, your, your intake process is just better, and you're converting more people, that a click is worth a lot more to you than it is to your competitors because you took the time to do these extra things. Yeah, it's really interesting to see a lot of the stuff, people kind of have tunnel vision on what the, the levers that they have to potentially increase their turn on investment. But you know, I mean, this has been a super thorough example, Jared, and I, I hope people are taking notes on, on some of these opportunities. I mean, I'll, I'll say for sure, I have never thought of, I always kind of thought that maximizing LTV was not a, a law firm's game. I thought that was more for people <laughs> who were doing other kinds of products, but it's really opened my eyes as well. So reaching about the end of our time, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Jared, if people want to take the next step? Yeah, sure. So the best way would be to, if you want to connect with me personally, email me, jared at teambluedog.com. However, if you want to take things to the next step, and I would recommend going to teambluedog.com slash growth, and that'll bring you to a page where if you fill out your name and email, you, I will personally review your either your website or your Google Ads account. No sales pitch, 100% free, and if you want to take things from there, we can certainly continue the conversation. Or if you just want to implement what's in that video and get some results that way, that's perfectly fine as well. But that's team, T-E-A-M, bluedog.com slash growth. All right. Awesome, guys. And I would super encourage anyone who's uh, gotten value from all of the stuff that Jared's been mentioning to go ahead and take that next step. So um, thanks again, Jared. And for everyone else, uh, we'll see you next week on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.